It's time for Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by Thielen Meats, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, Live Axe Marine in Isle, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Brian Moon. And welcome into this week's show. We've got a lot to cover. We're going to continue to talk a lot of deer hunting on the show. We're getting uh, closer to muzzle loader season and uh, still some areas here in the state that can rifle hunt. I will talk to Brent Beimert and see how he did down on his hunt in Illinois. Kelsey Lashar with the Minnesota DNR will drop by and see how hunters did with the uh, voluntary CWD sampling and what's going to be happening going forward. Plus, Steve Stepaniak drops by, tells a story on his big buck that he got here on opening weekend. Plus wraps up the uh, musky season and previews the upcoming hard water season. All that and more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. And we kick the show off with our local report, and uh, usually our local report's about fishing, but uh, that's pretty much wrapped up now until the hard water fishing season. Still some diehards out there, so our local report's going to revolve around deer hunting, and so we bring in our deer hunting expert, the one, the only, Brent Beimert with Beimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop. We catch Brent on the road, coming back from a hunt down in Illinois. How'd you do down there, Brent? Well... The, the truck's empty, other than gear. Um, I kind of got beat up a little bit. The deer won this go-around. Um, I had one in particular that I really wanted, and he just he was a step ahead of me each time, and uh, if it was a game of chess, he won this round. So I'll be back in a few weeks, and maybe he sticks around. Well, you and I were talking off-air, and you basically said it just seemed like you were always in the wrong stand, and I've been there. Uh you know, I know how frustrating that can be. Yeah, you know, and that's, um, we're still trying to learn this property we have down there. It's only our second year on it. And um, we put a bunch of cameras out and we moved some stands around to better locations that we, you know, had noticed last year. Um, One in particular, we call the dump stand. And this buck had been going through this old dump that was back there and and yeah, I just, I mean, as soon as I would get out of it, he'd come through it. As soon as I would sit in it, he'd go by one of the other stands or one of the other directions. And, you know, and with the rut going on, I'd lose him for two, three days. And, and then all of a sudden he'd show back up and, and, uh, he, he, he had the same route. And so I wound up spending three days in the dump stand. And of course those three days, he never showed up. Hmm. Yeah, well, I've always said they get big for a reason, and uh, they they didn't they don't do that by being stupid, and it just seems like like you I thought you you know worded it perfectly uh, a game of chess he won that round, but um, yeah, but yeah. You, you're going to be heading back though for a, a gun season, right? Yeah, so they got um, there's three gun seasons down there. They got first season this weekend, so hopefully he stays on our property and avoids the the other gun hunters because we're not hunting first gun season. We're going to hunt second gun season and muzzleloader down there. And, um, you know, hopefully he can avoid the, the neighbors and, and still be there for me when I come back. So see what happens. Let's hope. Uh, were you using a lot of decoys and stuff, Brent, uh, down there and a lot of scent and all that stuff? I did, yeah. Um, we got a couple spots, you know, a little bit of field stuff where we can use the decoys. Uh, every time I sat on them, I'd bring the decoy out. Uh, decoyed in a few, um, you know, 
two and three year old eight pointers and stuff like that, but nothing big was around when I had it out. Uh, we used Mrs. Doe P's uh, buck lure on it. Um, seemed to work real well, you know. I got some good video on my phone of a few different bucks coming up to it. But then when I'm back in the timber or something or down in the bottom, I don't I don't put it out too much because you know the thicker it is, the more surprised they are. They need to see that deer, that decoy from a distance, and then they'll they'll react to it. If they walk in on it in the woods, it can. Uh, you know, and all of a sudden, there it is. It can spook them off a little bit. So, mostly in the field edges or food plots. And you're down in, what, the central part of Illinois, I think you told me a while back? Yeah, it's west central. It's right where Iowa, Missouri, and Illinois all come together. It's, uh, you know, got the Mississippi River not far away, and then a lot of flowage and drainage to the river. So, it, it creates, um, you know, a lot of little waterways and draws and... Uh, there's some hills with a lot of farm ground around it, so it's it's a real good area. Yeah, so it kind of sounds a little bit like Minnesota. Is there a lot of similarities there? Um, yeah, the southern Minnesota, um, there is around the riverway down there in the bottom and stuff. It's a lot of the same. Southern Minnesota has some steeper and bigger bluffs than where I'm at, but I don't know. Some of them I got to walk up to, and and they're not uh, they're not no fun to walk up. <laughs> well, especially after you had that knee injury earlier this year. How'd you hold up with that? Pretty well. It got a workout here and there, and I made sure that I tried to uh, use it as much as I could to, for exercise and, and different stuff. But it did well. I didn't slip and fall or do anything dumb. Um, some of the creek bottoms, I, I made some rope devices um, so I could pull myself up and down stay uh stay upright versus sliding down them because when it rains down there boy that uh that ground is slippery there's no two ways about it you better watch your footing hmm. well that's illinois uh what have you heard i'm sure you kept a close eye on what's going on up here while you were down there um how do hunters do it sounds like uh they did pretty well um i heard of some really nice bucks being harvested i got some pictures sent to me um there was some pretty good success with some guys. There's some. Uh, they're going to have some taxidermy bills this year, and uh, and stuff. So uh, it sounds good. It sounds like everything went pretty well. A lot of people were happy. Yeah, I you know just looking at social media and stuff. Uh, opening weekend, especially. I mean, it was just one buck picture after another, and some of them were really nice. And uh, that was uh, really nice to see. And a lot of hunters out there, too. Uh, I know license sales were through the roof. Yeah, yep. It was, uh, it was a good fall for us and a good fall for, for license sales and different stuff. Um, there was definitely some deer harvested. And not just Minnesota. I mean, there's been some really good stuff um, harvested across the country, some big bucks that I've seen uh, from different areas and and uh, good year for a lot of people. Um, not so much for me yet. I just keep trying. Oh yeah. I might have to. Might not have to be so picky. Maybe. But, uh, but can't shoot a great big one if you shoot a little one. Right. Exactly. Um, so what do hunters want to do now, Brent? As we're getting further, we got muzzleloader next weekend. Um, there are some parts of the state where people can still gun hunt. Uh, what do they want to do? Because these deer have been uh, kind of moved around a little bit, and I'm, I'm guessing they're a little skittish now. Yeah, it uh, sometimes can be pretty tough. You want to get in an area, 
that um, maybe you didn't pressure in your woods or maybe there wasn't a lot of pressure in, in some places. Um, biggest thing is is uh, when the temp drops, the deer will get on their feet to feed this time of the year then. And there'll be a little bit of a little bit of chasing going on here and there. The bucks are still going to be active. Um, the biggest thing is just being out there at the right time, you know. Um, when it's 50 degrees out, the deer aren't going to, they're going to lay up most of the day, so it's going to be really tough hunting. But the cooler it gets, the colder it gets, um, that's where, you know, they get on their feet, they're burning more energy, they need food sooner. So really figure out your food source. Um, maybe try to find an area that hadn't had a ton of pressure. Um, it's kind of hard to do sometimes in Minnesota, but there's some little hiding spots there, uh, and the deer found them, so now the, now the people got to find them. And, of course, we had uh, the rut going on there for a while over opener. Um, are we a little early for that second rut? They like to call it that. Uh, Brent? Yeah, usually it happens about 28 days after after the first rut. So uh, that should put us in and around that muzzle loader, you know, and um, there's still going to be a little bit of that going on. Um, in Illinois, uh, I have seen a lot of does and fawns still together that maybe didn't come in yet. So things will kick in uh, down there in the next couple of weeks and hopefully about right timing for when I get back there also. And one last thing, Brent, before I let you go. On uh, 2021 Matthews Bows, they just got to Bymard Outdoors, so people in the market for a new bow. Uh, now's the time to strike while the iron's hot. Right on. They, uh, yeah, they just showed up yesterday. I haven't seen them yet. I uh, was sitting in my stand yesterday, so I went online to check them out. It's the uh, new Matthews B3 series. They're making a 31-inch axle-to-axle with switch cam technology, and they're making a real tiny little 27-inch bow axle-to-axle. So that one's going to be um, real popular for the ground blind guys, for short draws. Um, it's just a tiny little bow that's going to be very maneuverable in the deer stand and everywhere else. There's a brand-new women's bow out there for the gals. Um, it's, it looks great. Um I can't wait to get home to put some arrows through all of them. And then they have one other bow in the series that's for long draws, guys that really have a big wingspan. I think this bow draws out to 34 inches in length, so it'll really uh, it'll really fit those guys that have a hard time finding a bow that fits them. So now Matthews has it all covered um, from the from the women to the short draws to the regular guys to the big and tall guys so they got a great lineup um yeah it's always fun when they show up so get some arrows flung through them tomorrow and and go from there guys got to get out and get their orders in there you go brent byman byman outdoors archery pro shop check them out just west of brainerd baxter on highway 210 safe travels there brent and uh, we'll chat with you next week okay sounds good brian take care more of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3, and we bring in uh, Kelsey Lashar with the Minnesota DNR. 
We had Kelsey on the show uh, before opener, on opener, talking about uh, CWD sampling here in the Brainerd area and basically all across the entire state. And uh, Kelsey, welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors. Thanks for having me on again. And how did we do sampling-wise? We'll start off here in the Brainerd area and then talk about the uh, state in general. But uh, you guys were real happy last year with the participation. Did you have the same uh, experience this year? Actually, no. We saw that participation for the Brainerd area, and that's deer permit area 604, was only about 20% of the hunters who actually took a deer. Uh, we had expected somewhere between, you know, somewhere around 50% of hunters would have submitted a head, but it turns out that once it's voluntary, not very many hunters did. Um, we were kind of hoping for a bigger sample size to help us be more confident in that we were detecting the disease if it was present on the landscape. But um, across the state, we saw numbers much, much, much lower than we had anticipated. And any reasoning behind that? You mentioned voluntary. It was mandatory last year, right? It was. And so because of COVID-19, we put uh, it as voluntary for this year just so that we didn't have too many hunters and DNR staff interacting. Um, Usually there's lines of traffic when we make it mandatory for opening weekend. Um, So this year it was voluntary. We still had the same check stations in the Brainerd area, the same six locations we've always had. We still had the dumpsters. Um, But with it being voluntary, it looks like people just uh, didn't submit the heads that we thought they were going to. However, on the plus side, lots of people used our dumpsters. Um, I heard from Marv uh, at Crowing County said that he was seeing upwards of 20 or 30% more use than last year. So we're really happy that people are at least using the dumpster program, even if they're not submitting heads, but we would still like to get those heads tested. Sure. And being that that, you didn't have the participation that you uh, had last year, does that mean there's a possibility that we could you know, kind of keep this testing going? Because you said three years for sure. Um, yep. Would it basically expand out maybe so you can get more tests? So we were going to do a third year of testing next year regardless. That was just part of the plan to begin with. Um, all things considered, we're doing better up here in DPA 604 in the Brainerd area than other parts of the state are doing. Um, right now we have about 760 samples collected and we'll keep collecting through the end of archery season. And so we are on track to maybe hit 1,000. And if we get that, we'll be pretty confident, and we wouldn't have to extend the testing. Um, however, we're still going to do it next year regardless because that was always part of the plan. Some of the other areas, um, we had testing for the first time in West Central. That was out sort of in the Douglas um, County area. We saw maybe 1% or 2% participation. Um, and then we also had testing for the first time over in the Pine County area, and again, you know, less than 5% of people participated. So those areas are basically, we know nothing. We have nothing to be able to say that we're confident that the disease is present or not um, because we didn't get the samples we needed. Hmm. That's uh, interesting. Very, very interesting. Is there any talk about any special seasons yet this year just so you can get some more samples? They, we're going to look and to see where the positives are. So, so far we've had some more suspects and positives down in the uh, southeast. We've had nothing up in the north central. So we're still, you know, real happy that we haven't seen anything in the Brainerd area. But we have had new suspects um, and positives down in uh, where we've seen it before. So in the southeast. And then there was a new one in the south metro. Uh, so just south of the cities. 
Uh, those areas would consider having um, late hunts. I think leadership, my leadership is in talks about that right now, but nothing definitively has been said. Um, but I have not heard anything for the north central area, the would Brainerd the, area. Would those be antlerless only? I don't know what they'll end up deciding. Um, in previous years, you um, in the southeast, you could use any unfilled tags. Um, so if you had an archery tag that wasn't filled, you could use that on either or, either sex. Um, but it sort of depends on um, the samples we've had and, and where those positives have popped up to, to determine the total perimeter and the rules for those late hunts. So that's good to know. Um, as far as hunter numbers, uh, did you ever come across anything there? Because I heard uh, they were way up this year. Yeah, so we think the hunter numbers were up, but the harvest for opening weekend was about 30% lower than last year. Um, if you were out opening weekend, you'll remember that uh, Sunday was incredibly windy. Uh, so I think that that certainly didn't help harvest numbers. Um, but we did see less deer harvested uh, than we normally do for opening weekend. Yeah, and then to me, I, I didn't. I saw a lot of bucks that were taken. Of course, people. I'm looking at social media, and, and you know, people aren't going to put a doe that they shot on there. So they don't put the freezer queens on there as often. No, not at all. So I, I guess that's skewed somewhat. But, um, yeah, well, anything else you have for hunters, uh, Kelsey, as they head out here for, uh, in some areas, still have uh, some rifle season left, and then we got muzzleloader next weekend? I would say if you still have your head, even from opening weekend, that sample is still viable. And if you're willing, please drop it off at one of our um, self-service sampling stations. We'd love to get it tested um, and keep using the dumpster program. We're real happy that people are using them, um, and we hope that continues. Information is available on the DNR website, right? Yes, and that's mndnr.gov slash cwd. There you go. Kelsey Lashar, she is with the Minnesota DNR, keeping us updated on the CWD sampling here in Zone 604 in Brainerd and uh, all across the state, really. Kelsey, I appreciate it. Uh, Thank you a ton for all the information here in the past few weeks, and uh, we'll talk soon, okay? Thank you. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. And we bring in Steve Spaniak with Predator Guide Service. And normally we talk fishing with Steve because he's guides out on Mille Lacs. And uh, we're going to get into fishing here in just a bit. But uh, why not talk a little deer hunting, too, because you love that as well, Steve. And uh, you did pretty well. You got some land up way up north and uh, uh, did did okay, I guess we could say, through the deer season. We did all right, yeah. It was it was a fun time, you know. We hunt as a family, my twin boys, my daughter, you know, and my wife and all their spouses. And, you know, they take turns coming up, but... The first weekend opener, we had most of the family up there, and uh, my one son and his fiancée, they popped a nice uh, doe and a four-corn buck, and then 200 yards down the line, my, my son's twin brother, Travis, got a nice big doe, and the next day, my wife put a tag on a seven-pointer. It was an interesting weather one. You know, that Sunday, we had 70-degree wa- you know, weather temperatures. I was going to say water, but weather temperatures. And the very next day, we had a blizzard. So Minnesota lived up to its normal self. Uh, the family left. I stayed up there. I was going to stay the full 21 days. But the second uh, week, weekend, that Friday at 9.15 in the morning, the good Lord smiled on me. I was after a buck 
for the last three, four years. It's been eluding me. I see it probably two, three times I'm up on my property. It's, it's a good size one, and uh, love got him in trouble. You know, he lost his life to love, you know, and <laughs> the doe ran past me, and he was coming in. I let him have it, and uh, it was a big 11-pointer and well over 250, 260 pounds. In fact, the one quarter, I hit him in the front shoulder to secure him right away, and unfortunately, it did a lot of damage. We still ended up with over 60 pounds of meat from three other quarters, so that shows how big this deer was. But he's at the taxidermist. You know, my three-year quest for this one is complete, and I tell you, the first thing I did was thank the good Lord because without that kind of uh, help and everything, it would have never happened. How many points was it? It was 11, 11 legitimate points. You know, nothing huge as far as real wide or anything, but uh, real tall, probably about 18 inches tall and about just about as wide and everything beautiful rack and when he came out the last time i saw him try to cross uh, one section of my property there and he looked like a small angus out there trotting that's how big he was so yeah very happy with that one yeah and did you do anything to attract him steve or you just waited it out knowing it was rut and uh that's what ended up happening that's pretty much it you know we we for years we were using the scent and everything doing estrus you know to attract him and everything and play the wind we had so many different stands in our property when the wind was from the west you know we had to go to one side to play it uh nine years ago and i know i talked to you about it my friend we started using a product out there called nose jammer and uh we've taken legitimately legitimately probably 15 bucks using this product what it does is uh the wind can be wrong can be totally wrong blowing off your back right towards where the deer is going to come from and once they get a whiff of that nose jammer, it blocks their sense of smell. I watched the buck follow an old trail I had made all the way towards my stand, and the wind was going off my back 10 miles an hour. This was about nine years ago, the first time I used it. And I, I dropped him right there at 20 yards. There's no way without that product that he would have kept coming. He would have smelled me. So it's called nose jammer. We quit using all other kinds of scent products. Why use it when you can hunt the wrong wind and still be successful? That's for sure. And sounds like, you know, based on how your family did, Throughout the first week, uh, there's a pretty healthy deer population way up there north uh, uh, in here in Minnesota. You know, it's, it's looking okay again. We did find some uh, wolf tracks again and some fresh uh, wolf litter, you know, um, uh, real fresh, you know. And, and every time we find a pile of uh, wolf poop, let's just say, to be honest, and everything, it's got deer hair in it. Uh, I think, we, you know, we're not going to get rid of the timber wolf up there, but they have they have moved over to different areas, so we don't have as many near us. And I think that's what's helping keeping the population of the deer up. So, yeah, I'm real happy about that. Unfortunately, we heard a few road hunters on the road driving by their state land close by, so they don't even get out of the vehicle once in a while. They try popping one right from the road. Yeah, that's what we got game wardens for. Yeah, that's for sure. Have you talked to any other hunters up there where they having success too? I talked to a couple of different hunters. I met a group from um, St. Paul over 35 years ago and the, their kids still come up there they're my age and uh they, they were having some tough luck you know they didn't see nothing their first four days and stuff so they hung around for about a week and i believe they moved on to different areas and other than that i haven't talked to any other hunters we're so far remote up there we don't see anyone hardly and that's what i love about being up there yeah and you were going to stay a full 21 days that's the funny thing about it i think you would have gone stir crazy after a while Oh, I love it, though. That's why I guide so hard, so I can spend the full 21 days up there and just enjoy it. You know, every weekend, you know, one member of the family comes back up, you know, they got to take the fill, and 
They bring up fresh supplies and new colds for me, so, you know, I do okay. I've learned to be an expert at taking sponge baths, and then uh, <laughs> there's a couple of establishments, you know, within about a 50-mile area. You know, for 5 bucks, you can use a shower like a trucker's stop and stuff like that, so it's well worth it. Yeah, sounds fun. Uh, let's switch gears then to uh, fishing because, uh, you know, how, how did the end, because, I mean, we're pretty much done now for open water, right? Yeah, yeah, we're pretty much done. Uh, Muskie fishing stops the first, uh, December 1st, I believe it is. You got some diehards out there yet right now, but the full peak and everything was the full moon of November, which was just uh, about four or five days before deer hunting opener, and they did okay out there on Mille Lacs. You got a couple of buddies that hung in there, and I was getting ready for deer chasing. They did okay, nothing like normal, you know, the muskies the population numbers are down they're down all over across the state and everything but uh they did okay you know they were fishing all night and all day i know some guys put in over 35 hours of fishing straight the problem is you know what do you do when you got your rods and reels freezing up my last muskie trip the ro- uh, the eyes on the rods froze completely solid we had to inform we have one real brand new uh, reel is shot because it was froze solid and the guy kept cranking on it and like i told you before we got on the air it was uh, the first time in all my years of fishing, that's close to 60 years of fishing, I had to wait. Three feet of water, I had my boat, uh, and it was frozen to the trailer. And it took a good 10, 15 minutes, Brian, before that boat was able to unthaw itself, and that trailer just, boom, right smack down to the bottom. So that was a first. That's how bitter cold it was, folks. Uh, you know, that's my game. I, I'm a guide. I love it. But it was so close to deer hunting. If I'm going to be that cold, I'd rather be in a tree stand. Yeah, I don't blame you there. That doesn't sound like fun at all, <laughs> having to deal no, with the, the... Same thing with the walleye fishermen. Everybody was freezing their tushies off. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure they were doing pretty well here throughout the fall. They did. They did. The full moon phase of October and November was just a zoo out there. Musky fishermen trolling husky shads, uh, shad wraps, uh, jerk baits, you know, anything good size like that. In fact, a lot of guys for walleye fishing I had talked to already for years past, and they still get a hold of me, you know. They're throwing, you know, anywhere from four to eight foot, either throwing or trolling musky size uh, minnow baits and having really good luck with uh, walleyes up to 31, 32 inches. You know, that's trophy fish anywhere you go in the United States, folks, or Canada. And like I always say, Brian, why go all the way to Canada? you got just the same kind of great fishing on the Lex Lake. What are your thoughts going into the winter and uh, the hard water fishing season out there? you think people are going to do okay? I think people are going to do okay. You know, we're going to be allowed to uh, keep one walleye again, which is fine. You know, that's great, you know. Catch a walleye, go home, fry it up, you know, take care of it, and go back for another one. That's the way I look at it. Uh, I was up there the other day uh, to my cabin and everything. A lot of good ice around the shoreline. A lot of it was chopped up already and refroze from the wind. Uh, I'm liking the warm weather we got because what that's, that's going to do is warm up the water, get that bad ice that's around shore melted, hopefully, and we got some good new ice coming in freezing so it's going to be a win-win situation uh we're going to have real good luck walleye fishing brian we're going to have good luck pike fishing uh the panfish which you and i do love to chase also on the lax lake we're just going to have to wait as season progresses to see what happens sure there you go steve saponiak's predator guide service check him out at predatorguideservice.com appreciate it steve good stuff uh congratulations on the deer and uh we will talk soon okay bud thank you brian my pleasure thank you
And that'll wrap up this week's show. Don't forget, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3. Stream the show live if you're away from your radio or out of town. Uh, Todaysbestcountry.com, the B93.3 app, as well as BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. And if you want to listen on demand, we're all over the podcast network, so wherever you download your favorite podcast, search Brainerd Outdoors. We'll see you next weekend for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon. Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by Thielen Meats, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, Livax Marine in Isle, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Join Brian Moon Saturday mornings at 7, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3.